0: Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Formula One Talk. I'm your host, Arya Bharatwaj. I'm joined by my co-host, harshwardhana Say hi. Hello. And now we are going to talk about the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix held at the Otto Enzo e Dino Ferrari, otherwise known as Imola, because that's the town it's located next to, um, on Sunday the 18th of April. And damn, what a weekend it was.
1: Right, it was interesting all the way from the beginning of the weekend in practice till the end. So, I guess we can first uh, talk about the practice. Practice was kind of normal with, you know, the expected results from the drivers. I mean,
0: one thing that did surprise, I think, quite a lot of people was Williams' pace, actually. They were, in all three practice sessions, I think there was at least one Williams in, in the top 10.
1: Right, but... Practice, can, we can't exactly judge all. Yeah, practice,
0: that so. is one thing that should be mentioned. Practice tells you diddly squat, because yeah. drivers can focus on multiple different things. You have drivers focusing on long, long run pace, and drivers focus on one lap pace. Different fuel loads, different setups. Right, right. Everything.
1: It's all, it's all testing rounds, right? So yeah. there's never, yeah. So, um, qualifying. moving on, we can talk about qualifying. Qualifying, I guess, was a bit interesting, somewhat there were um, some yeah s- slightly unexpected um like um, some good performances like great right? for like obviously perez qualifying
0: yeah p2. Perez qualified p2 which is his best ever a result his career best right. um what else can we say oh, yeah lewis got pole surprisingly
1: mm-hmm. but yeah you would expect uh, one of the red bulls to get it but
0: it was very close to the top i mean char- i mean lago norris was actually a standout qualifying what am i saying yeah
1: that was a really good lap apart from the track, track, track limits limit, yeah. Extension, yeah. yeah basically um to those of you who are not aware um for
0: every track there are white lines on the edge of the track i'm sure you've noticed that if a car puts all four wheels beyond that white line that is an invalid lap
1: yeah
0: there is i mean in some corners it is extended a little like you can go slightly off track and not be too concerned. But at Im- at Imola, it's a pretty big thing it's a pretty narrow track so they're gonna be strict on it
1: right so obviously so the front row was hamilton and perez followed College by max driving. verstappen and leclerc charles,
0: charles yeah charles
1: leclerc. yeah so that think. was that was a very good performance by him
0: uh, yeah somebody who i mean there obviously you can't say much about the other drivers i mean someone who disappointed me in qualifying was to be honest, Carlos signs. I mean, P eleven in a Ferrari. Yes, he's still going to use it. But I mean, come on, man. P eleven. You're better than that.
1: Still, he did pretty
0: well in the race. And right, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He definitely made it up.
0: Yeah, and so. Sebastian Vettel is showing that he has work to do. Honestly, I mean, granted, he got into Q two, which is which is better than last weekend. But at the same time,
1: yeah, wasn't... he ended up starting last. Right. No, right. no, he
0: started. He started where he began. Yuki Sonoda, I mean, poor guy. He crashed out in Q1, and he then had to replace his gearbox.
1: Wait, no, no, Vettel did start last. No, no, it was yeah Yuki Tsunoda, with the penalty.
0: No, 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 Yuki qualified P20. He crashed out. Remember, he had that massive crash in Q1. The entire rear end of the Alfaro was
1: destroyed. Yeah, I remember. But like after that, I'm pretty sure.
0: No, no, Vettel going to Q2.
1: Yeah, I know, I know, but there was a penalty.
0: Which, yeah, he was P20 anyway. It wouldn't have made a difference.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now, oh, yeah. another so just st- a wait, good just result. before we go
0: on. Wait, let me just go. Before we go on. Um, so, for a Formula One car, there are actually, just in case for those of you who aren't aware, um, there are a certain number of races you have to run with every component on the car before you're allowed to replace it. Uh, internal components. For example, the engine, the engine block that can be replaced for reliability issues. But that has to be reliable enough to last about five to six races before being replaced. Um, same thing with the the gearbox is also around four or five races. Um, the ERS system, the the hybrid component, basically, that's about three to four races. And each team gets a limited number of parts they can use throughout a 20, throughout a twenty three race season. So Yuki Tsunoda replacing his gearbox on the second race, while while they allowed it to happen because he didn't use the gearbox for five consecutive races it means that he had to he has to receive a five place win penalty so yeah okay. so that's it, for those who aren't aware
1: so another result that was quite uh like it was a very impressive result was peter gasly yeah coming fifth, fifth that, yeah. that was ahead of two mclarens a mercedes which is very surprising yes and a ferrari as well so yeah, that was a very good result
0: Mercedes. I mean,
1: right. I think but, Yeah, it was. It was a very disappointing weekend. weekend for him. Let's say generally,
0: it was just a genuinely bad weekend for him. But he. It was revealed after the race on Sunday that he was struggling to make the tires work in qualifying anyway. So this was, and this is probably just one of his worst weekends
1: so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely needs to up his. And because especially because now more than ever, uh Mercedes is being challenged as the number one team on the grid with yeah you know, ex- impressive qualifying from both of the Red Bull drivers, he's definitely gonna have to step up and make sure he can help Hamilton yeah. up at the top. If in terms of, of
0: pace in terms of pace, especially around Emila, that Mercedes was lightning this this week. I mean, oh my god. Lewis was constantly setting fastest lap after fastest lap. I mean I think it's fairly safe to say that at Imola, it seems like Mercedes has had a pace advantage. A slight one, to be sure. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been Lewis pushing.
1: I think I, I, I would like to think it's Lewis pushing because if we think about it logically, Max Verstappen, in towards the end at least, he didn't have a reason to push. He had the fat, he, he had like a really big gap. I think it was around 15 to 20 seconds. True towards the end so th- there's no point in pushing the car when you don't need to right uh, it just improves the it it decreases the wear and tear of the car right so there's that no point. so we could that could be a reason for you know the Red Bull you know not pushing as hard
0: that is right that's a good point actually but um well speaking about the race I guess we have to talk about what happened in the race so it's a Imola is a 63 lap race and for the first 30 two or 33 laps, it was raining.
1: Yeah, so now, that, was a very, that was a very big change to what had come in the qualifying. Yeah,
0: phase. qualifying was dry. Yeah. But when you get to the rain, all hell breaks loose. Now, under normal circumstances, basically in a dry race, F1 cars are mandated to have two different tyre compounds. Out yeah. of the five compounds brought to a race, there are three dries and two wet compounds. The dry compounds range from soft, medium,
1: hard. The with well, the wet are well the ones for yeah, intermediate and wet,
0: extreme, wet, extreme wet. Yeah, cool. so the so the soft, medium, and dry, as I'm sure you've all noticed, they don't have grooves on them. That's because the tire car, that's just good for grip, basically, for the car itself. Whereas when you compare the wet tires, they do have grooves in them. The whole point of the grooves is to channel water away from. With the tire, so that that way you can have most of the rubber itself contact the asphalt, not the um, not float on top of the water like rubber tends to do.
1: Right. So as the race started, most I think basically every almost a majority of the grid was using inters. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple Pierre of Gass- them is- risked it with wets. Wets. Yeah. yeah.
0: Pierre Gasly was one of those people on wets, wets and it's. And it shows like it it didn't pay off very well. He yeah, lost four, initially, he
1: lost... could, yeah, initially it went well for him. I think the first couple of laps it yeah, went well, but, the rain but then tough enough. yeah, it didn't continue to rain, and the track was quickly drying up because you know obviously.
0: And the tires I... now, this is something I'm wait sorry to cut in, but the reason why it didn't work out well is because the wet weather tires, the extreme weather tires, they need a lot of water in order to stay cool. Now. I don't think many people actually know this, but the intermediate and wet weather tires actually the rubber compound used to make them is significantly softer than the softest compound of soft tires. In right. technically speaking, intermediate and wet tires are the softest tires. Is it possible? The difference is, is that they're made for wet. They're, the compound itself is so soft that when used under a dry on a dry track. It degrades after one or two laps. It's useless on a dry track. So having that water there, that actually significantly cools down the rubber very, very quickly. So if you, there isn't enough water, an extreme wet tire, which has a blue ring on it, that will degrade very quickly and you'll lose all your pace.
1: Right, and that's exactly what happened to Pierre Gasly. He, just, uh, he, uh, he lost a lot of positions. I think he went down really low. Around he lost like I think five or six positions before actually deciding to, you know, take a pit and change his tires, which I guess lost him a lot of position of the ra- in the race. He yeah. did eventually I think finish P seven. Uh, I think P seven. I think um, so. yeah. So which is com- which is really good considering his. It was a, it was a really good recovery race basically because yeah. considering initially he had a very poor start. Um, yeah, Gasly finished of, seventh. Yeah. Speaking of starts, uh, Max Verstappen went and had a flying start. Um, yep. Starting from the second row, he overtook Hamilton within the second turn. I think.
0: No, within the first turn, actually.
1: He yeah, was. in the second turn, there was a bit of a scrap, but I think second uh, turn, uh,
0: second turn, Lewis went wide and let and let Lando Norris of all people catch him up. Or yeah. it was, it, was it Lando or Charles? No, sorry, it was Charles Leclerc. Charles,
1: yeah. No, Charles initially had lead, yeah.
0: Yeah, Charles was in P3 at that point, which, yeah. you know.
1: Well, you know. and of poor start, Sergio Perez didn't have a really good start. He I think it. he fell down to P4.
0: P4, yeah.
1: Yeah. But... Carlos Sainz
0: had a good start, actually. I should mention that.
1: He yeah, went from
0: he from P11 to, like, P8 or something. P7, yeah, P8, P8,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, before... But, Esteban Ocon had a really good qualifying session as well, Nine, P9. If you think about it, P9 is not the greatest position, but if you if you look on who's on top of him, literally all the cars are superior, right? Yeah, I mean, the and, Alpine this year just
0: doesn't look that great. I mean, yeah, last just, year, yeah. the Renault RS20 was, it was, a, it was a solid car. It was yeah. pretty decent overall, but towards the end of the year, yeah, it was a RS20 at the end of the at the end of the day, it was limited by what it had, and towards the end of the year, Racing Point and AS and um, what's his face McLaren, they were definitely the quicker cars. This so by the end of the year, but you know the RS twenty last year, the Renault was a genuinely solid ground. This year, due to the rule changes, I think that Alpine A five two one, it's a it's much slower than expected. So Fernando right. Alonso, most people were expecting him to challenge for podiums and stuff, but. Here he is on the lower reaches of the points. I mean, hell, he got one point this yeah. on this race.
1: Yeah. One. So, I mean, okay. So, yeah, it was not bad for... Uh, but I think the reason that uh, Alpine even got points was mainly due to Red Bull and, Al- like, you know, Sergio Perez and Yuki Sinoda's bad Actually, luck.
0: Actually, no, there, is, there was another reason. So, Kimi Räikkönen actually received a post-race time penalty.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He received... He I think he finished above Gasly, finishing 7th?
0: No, no. He finished P9. He was behind Lance Stroll. He finished P9, and Esteban Ocon was P10. He received a post-race penalty for something. And as a result, Alonso and uh, Ocon got into a points-playing position. Yeah. So now,
1: we it, should... It, you could... Yeah, on, you Lance. could say... It was mostly uh, based off of the luck that they got points. Yeah. Which is, it's not that great. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, considering that the team they're racing, it was last year part of the Class C of Formula 1. It's really showing that, like, you know, this year, Alpine have some work to do. And AlphaTauri are showing themselves as a very good team this year. Yeah,
1: very impressive.
0: Now... The race itself, we've been talking a lot about the drivers, but the race itself, I mean, this, it shows you just how, this was a very good example of a brilliant race based purely on weather conditions. Last time it was a good race due to unpredictable strategy. This is a good race due to weather. And it shows just how much weather plays a role in making Formula 1 exciting. So, I mean, there was a safety car on lap one
1: for Pete's sake. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, Nicholas Latifi went out. Lap one, yeah, it's, it's, it's literally the exact same thing happened to Max Verstappen. He pulls away in the very first lap, has a great start, and then loses it all due to a safety car back to backs, two races in a row. That's well, I
0: mean, he, I wouldn't say he lost it all, I mean, he kept
1: he his, didn't lose it all, but it's it's like it's 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 annoying, right? Think about yeah. it you have a really good start, and then you lose all that lead because he yeah, does, but,
0: yeah, that's true. I mean, the safety car was must have been pretty annoying for Max, and it was honestly quite a long safety car i mean i was watching the race live i got pretty annoyed with how long the safety car was but that mm, tension yeah, was, of one, like, wet... yeah,
1: six laps yeah yeah that's... especially because it's a wet start right and then your tires are getting uh, your cool tires are just faster. getting yeah exactly so it's 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 it's, it's, it's very anything could happen let's yeah say.
0: and also the wet races are very good at sh- are bringing out rookie errors i i mainly say this is because of poor Mick Schumacher, who David Crofty somehow called Michael Schumacher. I was watching the race live and I heard it and I was just like, is this guy legit? But it does make sense. Mick Schumacher So he
1: spun out on uh, near the pit entry. Under the safety car. car. Yeah, Trying to, I guess, warm up his tires.
0: Look, no one's going to blame him for this. Let's make that very clear. This was 100% a rookie error and honestly it wasn't a big surprise considering that we're dealing with the guy in his second race in formula
1: one yuki Tsunoda. especially in wet weather right yeah especially in so wet weather so this you you can tests. basically this race was more of like a i think even uh, carlos Sainz said it i mean you can basically excuse the carlos Sainz for the same reason right totally new car and yeah. yes he has formula one experience yes he's been in the rain but with this car he hasn't so it's completely yeah. new um, experience for him same thing goes with uh, any new driver it should be mentioned
0: any- that the design philosophy of the car plays a huge role. Like, for example, the Ferrari is a very different design philosophy to the McLaren he was used to last year. So, his car right. science has to change his driving style for that. Yeah. And to be fair, so- he did a good job. So, yeah, we can't yeah. blame He's him too hard that. for that. Yeah. Now, moving back to, um, what is it? Uh, moving back to Mick Schumacher. Look, I don't think he did a bad job. He, Yes. He did spin out on his own, 100%. His fault. Then again, it's like he's a rookie. You know what? You get you make these mistakes. So what? Deal with it. Move on. And this is Mick Schumacher. I think he can. He'll be able to do that. It's taking him some time to get up to speed. Sure, but frankly, given how bad the Haas is this year, I doubt anyone expects to. Yeah
1: no, yeah. no. Yeah. The Haas uh, is is it's by far the slowest. It, it's very yeah. It's it's considerably slower.
0: Even like, the Williams, which is surprising. yeah, even the
1: Williams. the Williams actually isn't a bad car.
0: I'd say. I say mean, it is
1: bad comparatively because I think the what's happened with uh, the current grid right now is that uh, Mercedes have stayed around the same area where ever, literally almost almost all the other teams have stepped up their game,
0: except for like, Aston Martin. They went backwards.
1: Yeah, so like well, Red Bull stepped it up, Martin. McLaren stepped it up, uh, Ferrari stepped it up.
0: I mean, Ali Red Malphan Bull, Towers McLaren. Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari, and and Alpha Tauri; those four teams pretty much had nowhere to go but up. But Alpine, they run a they run a slightly lower rate philosophy, so they're stuck somewhere. Um, Mercedes, they're trapped by the by the rules. Aston Martin got hit very hard, actually. Like most people were expecting them to be fighting with Alpine and McLaren. Now, it, while they are fighting Alpine. It looks to be more for a lame P6 or P5 in the championship, which isn't a good show yeah, for a great sense. brand like that.
1: Right. So I think let's talk about more uh, the results of the race, right? Obviously, Wait, Max there is happened. one thing
0: we need to mention. Okay. This was the race itself was a drying race. And halfway through, well, I mean, pit stops began happening for dry tires. Max timed his perfectly. So he was able to undercut Lewis.
1: But yeah, I think it's it was not exactly timed perfectly because... If we think about it, right, uh, I think Lewis the first person...
0: pit stop actually. Yeah, I'm yeah,
1: gonna... he, he, had, he had like a four-second fifth stop, right? Yeah. On, on top of that, uh, Vettel already was basically the guinea pig for this race.
0: Yeah, Vettel... He was the
1: first one to put slicks on and had to go out with now, medium. It, sh-
0: it should be mentioned that Vettel is actually a very good driver in the wet. If you want proof, look at 2008 Monza or, hell, look last year at Turkey. 2020 yeah. Turkey. He was in a shit Ferrari, to put it simply. And he drove the living hell out of that thing until he managed to force it into a position, into a podium spot, which he deserved last year, frankly, after all the crap he went through.
1: yeah, um, He's a very impressive driver. Right. So then after that, he started putting extremely good lap times, getting the fastest lap.
0: Yeah. He the fastest lap for quite a while, actually. Until yeah. And
1: then Max that's until, throws. yeah, that's until Max Verstappen decided to pit. Uh, followed by I think two laps and then Lewis so it pitted. It was
0: one lap. It was one lap. Lewis one pitted on lap, the right yeah. next lap, and that was good enough for him to have. I to- feel
1: like the race was almost like guar like decided on that one pit stop. Pretty much, if you think about it. He- Max Verstappen came out around like two, three seconds ahead of him. I think two seconds ahead of him.
0: Three, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, Yeah. around that time, right? And Lewis Hamilton ended up having a four-second pit stop, which was around two seconds faster than Max Verstappen's. Two
0: seconds
1: slower. Slower, I mean, sorry. Slower. And that means that there could have been some, like, a real fight there, right? Like, in the following corners. And also, we have to mention the fact that Lewis Hamilton did um, fall positions because he he spun out. Not spun out, let's say drove off the track.
0: No, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say drove off the track. It was, it's just it was like he a, missed his breaking point. Yes, and then he slid c- into the gravel at Tulsa, was the name of the corner. Mm. And then he managed to crash himself into the wall. Yeah. It took him a but, while to get... I mean,
1: I guess it. it was... You you have to give uh, props to him for managing to get the car out. Yes. Of the situation with yeah. the gravel. And yeah. getting it back into the race. Not only that, I mean, I guess luck favoured him as well. Because that is around, that is, I think, the lap where uh, Bottas and Bill no, Williams no. Is it, that, wasn't, right?
0: it was a couple laps after that because, you remember, he had to go and get his front nose changed because Did of that. You? Yeah. What happened was when he crashed, it took him, I'd say, a good 20 seconds to get the car moving again. It took him almost a minute to get back to the pits. And then it took them about 20 further seconds to change the front wing. Give it a couple laps, and just as Lewis is about to lap, uh, as just as Lewis is about to to chase after Max again, George Russell and Valtteri Bottas had a very scary crash.
1: Yeah, no, I think what's real. I mean, um, yes, of course, it was very scary, and it was. uh, I mean, thankfully, nobody was hurt, right? Yeah, it should be mentioned. If we if we think about it, um, George Russell, if he played his cards right, could have got points. Yes, it could have been a rash. It, it maybe was a rash decision by him to you know try overtaking Bottas in that corner, um, it not in the corner, but it. he was trying to. I think, ah, uh, you know, overtake him down the straight, right? I think. Well, I mean,
0: it's it's not exactly a long. It's not exactly a wide pit straight. Down exactly. Down yeah, exa-
1: yeah. Exactly. It was, a- so I, it, was, it was. I think it was a really rash decision by him. Something which he should have you know thought more on, because like obviously you're he was obviously you know over he could have easily overtaken him. Is what I'm trying to say. If he just played his cards right,
0: I mean, honestly, I won't even try and argue with that. Yeah, George easily had a good chance to overtake Valtteri. Yeah,
1: and plus, I think he was already tenth, P ten, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, he was, he was already in points while trying to overtake him, which yeah. means that he, all, even if he wasn't able to overtake him, his main focus should have been finishing the race, not trying risky. Men- I mean, yes, okay, especially in what conditions, right? I think if this was in a, like uh, like a proper dry race, um. He in might the exact same scenario, off. he could have pulled off that move. He could have. It would have been possible, yes. But uh, especially in, like, the wet conditions where it's just so sketchy. You never know, though. One of the tires, one of the wheels could just give up uh, grip, and then that's it. You're gone. You just start yeah, spinning. Yeah, that's what happened to George, That's exactly actually. what happened. So, his
0: his um, right rear tire, if I remember correctly, that went on the grass, lost yeah, that, all traction, and that speared him yeah, into Valtteri side spot now that caused a red flag which is amazing for the second race of the season i don't think anyone expected it but here we are a red flag on lap two on lap 30 or whatever it was lap 30 something
1: nearly half the race i think a bit more than half the race
0: yeah just a little bit after the halfway mark of the race there's a red flag in the second race of the season this, a red flag is a period on the race where all drivers are to immediately return to the pit straight. They are allowed to get out of the cars and to, and discuss with their teams and whatnot. To, but the race is not to, but there are to be no cars on the track until until dangerous amounts of debris are removed. If there is too much debris to uh, to um, restart the race, then they will black flag the race, which means that the race is cancelled completely. And the finishing order of whatever it was, so basically at that time, Lewis was P9. No, That would have been where he finished. But no, they they let the race start again. And yeah, you saw what happened from there.
1: The- right. So I guess there are like obviously, there, I mean, red flag means there's like a bad situation or something bad happened, right? But yeah. there's also a lot of positives to the red flag right for the drivers who are you know still in the race for yeah, example, for example right? somebody like can, lewis hamilton or ba- yeah. yeah so basically you can do any mechanical repairs to the car you yeah, can change, you can the, change the, tires. the tires you basically yeah. have it's a complete restart basically right where you can do anything you want and with only 30 laps to go you can put on a set of tires which allows you to you know just finish the race instead of you know, maybe later you would have taken a pit stop, but now that's saved, time saved, right? So, I think it was really big for drivers like Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, and Lewis Hamilton. Even, I think,
0: okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, this was very interesting because the strategies after the pit stop really showed us, like, what the drivers were thinking. I mean, look, Lando Norris, he put on a set of soft tires,
1: of all things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a risky decision, right? Because, if you do not manage your tires properly, what's going to happen is you're just not going to have a set of tires to finish oh. the race with, right? You're just going to blow it out, or you're going to have to take a pit stop, which may lose you uh, track position, which you don't want. And in terms right? of
0: time-wise, in terms of actual time, a pit stop at the at Imola is going to cost you around 30 seconds. So that would have meant that Landau finished down in P8 had he taken a pit stop.
1: Right. So which, yeah. Which means, so, and I think at the time of the restart, it was Max Verstappen on top, followed by Charles Leclerc, Lando and Norris. And Lando
0: Norris, P3. Yeah. P5, P4 was Checo Perez.
1: Yeah, I can I can assume P5 must have been Daniel Ricciardo.
0: Daniel Ricciardo, Carlos Sainz, one of the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then 5-6, and then the rest of the people must have been like Lance Stroll. Oh.
0: It was, I think, Lance followed by...
1: No, I think Pierre N- Gasly actually was that. He was out of points at that time. He I think was. He climbed yeah. his way back.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, once again, showing that the Alvatari has good pace. Yeah. So, now, Lando Norris, he got past Charles Leclerc at the restart. And at that point, I thought that Lando was just going to give up. I thought that the McLaren had thrown away their chances of a podium finish because the soft tires, I mean, yes, they're the fastest tires available. But at the same time, I mean, God damn, they degrade so quickly.
1: Like, right, uh, but then if you if you think about it as well, right? A lot of other drivers, I think, like almost uh, almost all the drivers, like most of the drivers, put softs on. If I'm not no, right, no
0: mediums, oh. mediums actually.
1: Really? I'm not, because I think uh, Carlos Sainz went for the uh, softs.
0: No, uh, no the, f- both McLarens, and I think Carlos Sainz might have had the soft tires on, but I know for a fact that pretty much every other driver on the grid had the uh,
1: mediums. Yeah, because the, I remember distinctly uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen having
0: mediums. mediums.
1: Because I think what ha- yeah exactly I think that's what happened right. So it's just tire, better tires. Because I think initially that's why Lando Norris might have overtaken Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Initially, but during during the long run with I think like around twenty five laps to go.
0: Well, all of uh, a sudden his pace began to like you know. Yeah, it, it dwindled.
1: Begin. It dropped. Um, same thing for um, but that, I think that was good for Lewis Hamilton, who managed to climb all the way from P nine, from to the P2. restart to P two, which is I mean it's it's quite impressive, Incredible. right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Now look, looking at the looking at the drivers, I mean it's obvious who the best driver of the of the race was. It was obviously Lando. I mean, look, he. I know we've been harping on about the soft tire stuff, but I the the way the tire degrades is described as having a cliff edge, to where after a certain point the tire loses all drivability and you lose your pace by a ridiculous amount. If you want a good example of this, I will give you 2012 um, the Chinese Grand Prix, if memory serves. Yeah. So Kimi Räikkönen, at that time, he was driving for a Lotus. He was driving for Lotus F1 team and he was running in P2. Then his tires hit the cliff so hard that in the span of one lap, which isn't even two minutes, he went from P2 to P12. That's how horrible the tire degradation can be. He went from a podium right? Yeah, far so, out the
1: point. So the fact that Landon Norris managed his tires for around 20... But if, if you think about it, right, the track wasn't exactly, like, perfectly dry, right? It wasn't perfectly so dry. So I real, guess that could have... So strategically speaking, if I was, like, a McLaren uh, strategist or something, right, that doesn't seem too bad, right? Because it you are going like to get some future. type of cooling... Because yeah. even though you're putting, you know, the easiest, the most degradable compound there is, you also are getting a bit of a cooling effect with there being this track was not completely dry. Some parts of the track were, you know, still completely wet. Right. That is true. It is only there was only the racing line which was uh, dry, which also was is why I think Bottas and uh, yep. Russell crashed. One of the main reasons yeah. as well because. I mean, yeah.
0: No, you're right about that. But the thing is, you have to th- you have to factor in the fact that on the mediums, Lando was catching Charles every lap. And it's very reasonable to assume that on a set of mediums, Lando could have easily t- overtaken Charles by the end of the race and still gone P3. So right, the parents decided to go for a huge risk here. to be. No, to but be I think,
1: yeah, because I think what their goal was to try catching P1 off the start as quick as possible. Let's take yeah. a lead, right? Build so, a gap,
0: build a gap to Ferrari to ensure that they couldn't keep up, and then, and then as a result, use that gap to just, and hopefully ensure that you can manage the tires well enough to get to P three. Right, and Lando just
1: showed it. Yeah, that was, he the strategy paid off, and he finished P three, which is a very respectable position. Right? Yeah. So, but another thing I'd like to point out is, yes, Lando Norris did drive good, right? But then you, there's a lot of other factors, right? Somebody like Sergio Perez, right? I think if he did not have that... Um, see, another thing, Sergio Perez is completely new to that Red Bull car, right? And now yeah. he's, this is his first time driving in you know, a wet surface. So it could have been tricky for him, right? So I think it's completely understandable yeah, that, yes, he did spin a couple of times. He did lose control of the car. I think it's completely understandable but yeah, so I th- because if you look at it, last race, even though he had a shaky start, he managed to finish, which showed his very good, good overtaking ability and his you know trademark
0: consistency. consistency.
1: Yeah, so and, I, I think the same thing happened until he spun out for the second time. I think, which yeah, in- yeah,
0: because which, I think by which, the time race.
1: by the restart, he had overcome a ten second penalty for overtaking the b- safety car. Yeah,
0: he was in a good place to get a P three finish actually.
1: A very good one, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the safety car restart, I think he got tapped around. Yeah. So it was bad luck, yes. Yeah. But regardless, um, I feel like we've discussed the race enough. We need to talk about some very interesting, shall we say, geopolitical factors in Formula 1. Right. See, look, I'm talking... So let's look at the crash between George Russell and Valtteri Bottas. Number one, scary. Number two... This could this could impact um, George's George's chances for a Mercedes drive in twenty twenty two. See, look, Valtteri has a contract confirmed for beyond twenty twenty two. I think Lewis doesn't. This is Lewis is on the final year of his contract with Mercedes. If he doesn't fit, if he retires next year, Mercedes have to look for a replacement. And currently, of all the people in the, in the Mercedes stable right now, which technically includes the McLarens and the Williams and the Aston Martins as well um George Russell looks by far the closest because out of all the drivers uh, in the in out of all the drivers who have a Mercedes engine right now except for the two Mercedes cars themselves he's the only one who's driven a Mercedes car and it's obvious he's seriously impressed um Toto Wolff and the, the Mercedes team as a whole because secure 2020 he took the lead from Valtteri Boras on lap 1 and had it not been for a Mercedes' screw up on the pit stop, and fact and a penalty that he received because of Mercedes screwing up, not him, he could have definitely won that race.
1: Right, but I think I don't know. I can't be sure. There's no facts regarding. But I think no matter what, I think Bottas does have a slower car because I think Bottas is an incredible driver. He definitely has world championship potential, but like I just think. His car, yes, he does. See, the thing is, right, in all the races that, you know, like over the past couple of years, uh, uh, as long as Valtteri Bottas has been part of Mercedes, right, he has put very consistent, like, he's usually very consistent, right? And I don't think this consistency dropped until maybe last year where he had, like, a couple of questionable performances. Questionable performances, yeah. I I guess this is again an example kind of because the fact that he was around p9 halfway through the race is very questionable right because usually yeah. at least he you know if um i'm not i don't want to compare him or anything but like a, a driver of his standard should be able to you know overtake you know work your way up the grid especially because you have you know one of the best cars on the grid as well
0: he should have been pressuring Checo. is your point like, when Checo was in P4, Valtteri should have been in P5 or P3.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, so, you mean, like, so, Mercedes has like, an in, like, they have to answer an interesting question, right? Because either they have to, something is not working with Valtteri Bottas and they need to fix that, or they just got to get rid of him, right? It's two. Well, because I think Valtteri's, uh, you know, potential as a really good race driver is getting kind of wasted right now. It's kind of like, you know, it's like the Vettel situation with Ferrari previously. Ferrari yeah. had the good cars, right, and he put up some good results. But then towards the end, he began to dwindle, bear- and maybe yeah. this is the end of Valtteri's part t- in time. In you know, uh,
0: I mean, I don't think Mercedes can actually close his contract until the time period is over. Yeah, yeah. So and I good. know for a fact that his contract extends beyond twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's he has a drive confirmed for next year. George doesn't, so George. I mean, he was pushing very hard and Total Wolf made a very interesting comment actually post-race. He said that George shouldn't have attempted that move on a Mercedes car using terminology that indicated that basically George should not have, should not have attempted that move on Valtteri Bottas because Valtteri was in a Mercedes.
1: Now, See, no. that could indicate two things, right? One, because we are your basically parent company you can't be overtaking us like that we should be first priority which i think is a bit cocky and you know arrogant i don't think Well, i don't think it means that i think it's more like
0: look you're fighting for a drive at our at our team you should you shouldn't you should be more careful about what you're doing right shit like this cracking exactly cracking right. one it's, of our cars kind of like
1: it's, it's like saying um it's like um you know you're basically almost attacking your own team you're performing a risky move something which may go wrong or you know potentially go right but you're still attempting it nonetheless on a, a driver who is basically your sister team basically yeah right?
0: i mean it's, look Toto, so the should... implications behind Toto's comment they were a bit harsh and a bit unrealistic to be fair i mean he does he seriously expect to Russell to race differently against Vautier because Vautier's in a Mercedes? I mean, no, that's a it's, so not, bit it's not
1: like race differently. I don't think it's race differently because if you think about it, right? If it was any other driver, suppose Pierre Gasly or Daniel Ricciardo or somebody like that, right, was in the position Bottas was, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Russell would have attempted the move. He would have failed, right? But well, then, I
0: mean, it's unclear
1: if he'd have failed. He, he could have still pulled it off, but you know. Yeah, I know. No, I'm saying if he failed, I don't yeah. like like the thing is right. It's like it's like almost like it's like seeing like Sergio Perez goes and crashes Max Verstappen because I mean that's over- gonna it.
0: hugely affect him because they're teammates. But the thing is, like if it's Pierre Gasly crashing into Max when you know, Gasly has much superior pace. It's going to affect Gasly a little bit less than it's. I mean, it's going to affect Max less than it's going to affect Gasly, but it's still going to affect them both. The thing is, it's like Gasly isn't exactly fighting for a Red Bull seat. So, yeah, so it, it, it I mean, really
1: I'm odd. just using it as an example, right? The, the main thing is here, right, is that, you know, it's, it's, I'm saying it's kind of equivalent. I think what Total Wolf was trying to imply is that, you know, you're almost teammates or almost, you might possibly be future teammates. And if this is how you're gonna, you know, play against each other or drive against each other, if you, it's gonna cause problems, right? Cause yeah, we like, we don't
0: want you here, basically.
1: Exactly, right? Because what you're doing is you're putting yes, yes, you can go for more points. Yes, you might be able to overtake the drivers ahead of you, but by doing so, you're putting you and your teammate, your possible teammate, your kind of teammate at, at risk, risk, right? Exactly, which is sometimes. All not worth it right and yeah. if, and suppose if the situation gets you know like you need to overtake him because you know the driver x is obviously slower than driver y and you need to move up so driver y can maybe you know overtake some drivers which is which happened this race as well right with daniel ricardo and lando norris lando norris had far superior pace during like, i think like the first quarter of the race and, and throughout the
0: think, race itself to be
1: fair yeah so daniel ricardo was ahead of lando norris and, they uh,
0: asked him to move aside. Yeah, they asked he him did. to
1: move aside because Daniel Ricciardo wasn't making any progress. But once Lando Norris, who passed him, did make progress, it seemed worthwhile. Right, so that's good yeah. teammates. That's good teamwork. Yeah. So that I was- mean,
0: obviously, it's gonna affect the driver a little bit, like being like them them being told by their team that your teammate is faster than you, let him through. Like, sure, it's gonna affect them a little bit. But right now. Daniel and Lando, they have a good relationship, you know. So, Mercedes right. need to ensure that a situation like Nico Rosberg versus Lewis Hamilton doesn't happen again. That's what they're trying to avoid. Because yeah. the toxicity of that is basically what led to Nico retiring after he won his championship.
1: Yeah.
0: And he I left mean, Mercedes in a really
1: desperate situation. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't want to, uh, you know, put up the... I mean, the, the. I saw, I was looking at some interviews the the he said he had to put so much just to even compete against lewis hamilton right yeah be- because obviously no doubt me there's no question you can hate on him you can say whatever you want lewis hamilton is a very impressive driver right yes so to even compete against him you have to be obviously very skilled and to beat yeah. him that's something else right so especially when
0: your team is working against you to be fair exactly i mean if you have a number one status written into your contract, then. The expectation is that the other driver finishes behind you unless they have an obvious issue.
1: Right. Now,
0: look, honestly, I can't really make much of this of this whole crash between Valtteri and, and the George. I mean, sure, it's not fully affected his um his reputation at Mercedes. They're prob- they're still impressed by him, and I mean, look, he was showing great pace in a Williams. <laughs> So let's just emphasize that he was showing great pace
1: before he right crashed but i think the main concern right now for mercedes is do we want to take a chance with this guy will this guy you know put himself at risk his entire team at risk again do we really need this or can we go for a more safer option who may not take risks but will just be a little slower than him something like that right yeah. i think those are the questions that they'll be asking themselves around now yeah because i think lewis hamilton yes he is um He still has time to race. He can always race, like, up to Alonso or Kimi Raikkonen's age, but I don't think that's going to happen, because even, like, Michael Schumacher, who did win seven world championships and equals Lewis Hamilton's uh, record of seven championships, he decided to stay on the sport in the sport, I think, like, three years after he left Ferrari. He after he left
0: Ferrari, what happened was he just it took a sabbatical for three years. Mercedes convinced him out of retirement. He raced for three years. Then was replaced by the man who broke all of his records.
1: Right. So the thing is, right? I mean, I think he. I think something like a Nico Rosberg move, where he want to leave at the top, like the peak, where you you they'll remember you for being on the top, right? Because if you think about Kimi Raikkonen, right? If somebody who didn't know who Kimi Raikkonen was in his history. You look at Kimi Raikkonen and say oh he's uh you know uh, he's an okay okay driver. He's experienced. Yeah. It looks like he's a bit old. Yeah, that's all. But you won't know that he's one of the very few people who's actually won a world championship
0: and right? who's been racing for 20 years. Yeah, now.
1: exactly. Yeah. So I mean he's an
0: ancient he's a giant at this point. He's an ancient giant. He's yeah, so a like spent things horse.
1: like yeah. So things like this where your reputation and your image, right? People already know Lewis Hamilton to be one of the best drivers, right? So, like, I mean, obviously, racing after your peak, there is no harm. But, I mean, I don't think Lewis Hamilton will do something like that. Because I know, obviously, he enjoys the sport. Um, but no, actually, I,
0: I think Lewis will retire after this year. Look, what is this... what has he got to prove? Let me just put it that way. He's okay. already matched Michael's record. No, He's I beaten... think, no,
1: see, that's the thing. I think that he will try for, like, one or two more years if he doesn't get the World Championship this year. I think his goal is to actually break the record because if you think about it logically obviously you know it's very possible that a couple of lo- much 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 because if you think about it you if even to just equal the record that both of them share that's seven years of winning in a row not in a row but just seven years of winning. seven years and let's say yeah. you lose a couple that's 10 years of just driving which means that 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 record is not going to be broken for at minimum of around ten look, years,
0: Lewis has already been racing in Formula One for fourteen years. Let's just let me just make that clear. That's a very long time for someone to be racing. Now, look, I don't have, I don't know if most of you have heard of Extreme E. I've taken a look at it, and it's very interesting. It's essentially what it's basically Formula E but off road, and it's yeah. very very interesting. Lewis, yeah, L- Lewis Hamilton does have a team in that X X forty four, as it's called. He yeah, has the team, X44, and he has hinted last year that his Formula 1 is starting to become a little bit t- uh, mundane for him. He probably still has the fire, yes, but after he wins his eighth world championship, what has he got to prove?
1: Exactly. See, after- that's where I think he that might be like the point where he just stops. But to get that eighth championship, I feel like he has still like a year or two more left in him, especially because the thing is, right, once... because. Lewis Hamilton, as long as Lewis Hamilton wants to race, I'm sure Mercedes will give him a seat. I'm like 100% sure Mercedes will just give him a seat if he wants it, right? But the question is, there is going to be a point where do they really want to give him a seat or do they want to give it to a promising youngster like, you know, George Russell, which is why I'm only saying one or two years because I'm pretty sure bar like one or after like a year or two, George, if he's still on uh, Williams... He's he's definitely going to make a move out of the Mercedes Academy. Go maybe go to somewhere like Red Bull, Ferrari. You know, explore his options, basically, right?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a given. Now, Lewis right now he's he's on his last he's on his last fumes at this point. Yeah. Sure, they're very powerful fumes, but like he's he's almost running empty at this point.
1: So really yeah, I feel yeah I feel like this or next year because I feel like if Max Verstappen just actually wins or anybody else for that matter we don't know but whoever if Lewis Hamilton does not win the championship I have a feeling we'll see him next year again just to give like one last shot because why not right you have nothing to lose and you have all to gain right smash a world record basically
0: maybe but I mean next year the regulations are going to be to the point where Every team can compete against
1: every team, basically. Right. So, so yeah, like, th- th- that's another factor, right? So maybe this could be the last year because he wants to end where he's the most dominant driver. And look, he's old. That's just that's yeah, just okay, make that yeah. clear. he's the, not exactly he's, young. He's around, yeah. Age-wise, he's around the right age where you know a typical F one driver would you know say, okay, I'm done, right? Um, yeah. And he, there's a lot of other you know interesting motorsport related. Activities you could always pursue, right, after the stage, as we've seen many other drivers do. So I don't think that will be a problem.
0: Yeah. There really isn't much that Lewis has to prove. To me, he's already proven that he's one of the greatest drivers in the world. I just want him to stop winning, frankly.
1: I mean... Now, I think it's this year, I think it's more not more of Lewis Hamilton. It's more of Max Verstappen, where... He's been in the sport for what? Six? This is the sixth year now? Pretty much. Yeah. It's more, you've been in the sport for five years. You've had pretty much a pretty good car for the last two years. You've been showing quite good results. Now, can you close the deal or not? Right. Yeah. I mean, Max Verstappen does have a contract for, I think, a two more years 23 or 24. 23? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he can. I think something similar to Sebastian Vettel might happen to Max Verstappen. Where he, you know, has like a really good stint, and then Red Bull just decide to replace him.
0: I or mean, no, no. Sebastian really- Vettel deliberately ended his contract because in twenty fourteen there was a performance clause in his contract that meant that basically meant that by a certain time, if he wasn't able to win a race, he was allowed to end his contract early. And lo and behold, twenty fourteen he went winless. Moved to Ferrari yeah. next year, he immediately won a race.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, there are, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think something similar would happen. I mean, I don't know about, like, the contract ending and him leaving Red Bull, but I would say, like, this is kind of the era where, because if you think about it, right, other than Max Verstappen, you don't have any dominant drivers that can actively compete against Lewis Hamilton, right? People yeah. like Charles Leclerc, Norris, they're great drivers, yes, but they're still kind of new to the game. They have, you know, two, three years, less experience. They don't have as good of a car as him and they don't, I don't think they have the skills that he has yet, right? However,
0: if they had a car that can keep, that can compete against the Mercedes, Charles proved that he's able to. I mean, 2019, the Ferrari was good until the engine regulations happened, but that's a different story altogether. The point still remains, Charles has proven himself. He's got a contract until twenty twenty four, the longest contract the Ferrari have ever signed.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, but Impressive. being Charles Leclerc last year, I would have got scared, but this year, I mean, I would be more confident, right? Because P four isn't the worst result. I'm pretty sure they could have pushed for a P three, and I think their goal was at minimum of P three in the constructors, right? Yeah. And I'm actually, I if I was Ferrari, I'd be extremely optimistic about that result because you're so close. far you're doing really well. Because now last race, um, I don't think uh, there was the best of results I mean it was it was not a bad result, but it was not the best but now it's consistently now out of the podium right which is yeah if you think about it, it's good because what you need to be doing if you want to win p3 and constructors is both your drivers finishing minimum like top six every race I think that's Pretty what they're much. doing right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and so far, their drivers have been showing themselves as, yes, we can do it. Now, honestly, I don't think there's much we can talk about this race. It was a great race. There was a lot of safety cars in it, sure, but, I mean, that's one of the issues with Formula 1, honestly. The cars are so dependent on their aerodynamics for, you know, grip. When the track is wet, all hell breaks loose. I mean, we saw in this race there wasn't that much DRS and still people were trying to overtake into turn one and George Russell showed what happens when you get it wrong. Max showed what happens when you get it right.
1: Right, yeah. So I think um a few, I mean, drivers to look at, I mean, I think we already have our drivers cut out for us. I mean, obviously you have the title contender, Max Verstappen. Max and Lewis are title contenders. Lewis, obviously the title and- contenders. I mean, I, I guess we can't jump to conclusions, right? Even though... No, we can't because even though they were basically the dominant ones in the first two races and when I mean dominant like Max Verstappen won this race 20 seconds by 20 seconds last race which is ridiculous last race I think they Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton finished the race like by 10 to 15 seconds I think 15 seconds
0: (laughs) no no uh oh you know oh in that sense yeah they were 15 seconds ahead of Valtteri
1: yeah, who's third place, right? Which oh, means sorry, that no, they're no,
0: thirty-seven seconds. I just
1: checked. Yeesh. Oh yeah, exactly. So they're in a league of their own. I, th- I feel. Yeah. Right. But but we can't let that judge, right? I guess a yeah. couple, two, two or three more races will, I guess, decide the we'll champion. More.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Lando Norris was by far the star driver, and it should be mentioned that right now Lando Norris is. I can't believe I to say this p3 in the driver's standings
1: yeah he was, yeah p4 and a p3 finish i mean if we're being honest the reason i mean obviously yes he's in a, a, a he's in a very impressive cart right it's improved but, a lot
0: but that being said look at his teammate seven time grand prix winner and all-around great guy daniel ricardo
1: yeah exactly so i guess it's also like uh he's he's had extremely good I guess I think I feel like McLaren has just been a great fit for him, right? If he was he maybe got signed to Ferrari or like a Mercedes team, he maybe wouldn't have had the same results, right? I guess he's just he just found his fit in McLaren, with a good teammate Daniel Ricciardo, and I guess the team just works for him, right? I mean,
0: Lando's always had a good relationship with his teammates at McLaren. Carlos signs. Don't believe what Try to Survive tells you about it if any of you have watched season three. Mm-hmm. That stuff about there being a rivalry between, a, a fierce rivalry between Carlos and Lando, that's BS. They're they're good friends. I mean, yeah. Carlos literally just went up. During, at the end of the race, Carlos just drove alongside Lando, congratulated him. Then when the cars were parked, he just went, congrats, man, again. I mean, all I mean, the drivers.
1: That, so really- more than I think, Um, drivers construct, wise and drivers w- and cham- drivers championship wise i think the top two are definitely going to be max verstappen and lewis hamilton i think third I mean,
0: they're place also 30 something points ahead of lando
1: yeah so i think third place is going to be like valtteri bottas or it lando norris
0: or you mean charles perez
1: or perez yeah so i mean
0: if valtteri gets his shit together
1: yeah i mean to be honest right it wasn't his fault and I'm pretty sure he would have scored like decent. He would have scored like eighth or like seventh, I think. Given there was still like 25 laps left, right? He would
0: have. He would have definitely gone into the top five, actually, if he'd managed to get his crap together.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think he. W- that's the thing, right? So I feel like Bottas and Perez had like the second drivers of the two star teams. I think they just had a shit race this time. I mean, it's yep. not shit. Just an unlucky one, let's say. It's, it's a very unlucky. Unlucky,
0: race. unlucky, and and you know they just wasn't that day.
1: Right. but anyway. well, I think they're going to come next race stronger than ever, which will be on the March, which March 2nd, May. I think. May. May, sorry. I'm so confused. April. May, yeah. May 2nd, which is May in,
0: 2nd, 7.30 p.m. India time at the Algarve International Circuit in Portugal. And well, first of all, can I just say I'm glad that this race is back? I mean, last time I was a brilliant race. I mean, proper cracking. Yeah. Algarve as a circuit, it's fun, actually. So, basically, think Barcelona, but with actual elevation
1: changes. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that about covers our summary yeah. and recap for the, race, the for the entire Imola, weekend.
0: Of the Emilia yeah. Grand Prix, yeah. I just want to go over Portugal. So, Portugal, as I said, it's basically Barcelona, but with actual elevation changes. It's quite obviously a very aero-limited track. Sector 3 has that very oh. long-ass turn. No, but then again, the DRS straight is just like, holy shit, it's massive.
1: Yeah. So I guess this will be more a show of, you know, the streets' uh, speed right, of every team. Um, it will,
0: this will be more it, it, a show of, like, which team overall has of has a well-balanced car. Because right. Algov is honestly a good, has a lot of good sections of track. Like, that tests everything. Sector right. 1 and sec- the beginning of Sector 1 tests your top-end speed. And it's got a hairpin and it's got two hairpins there, so you can test a yeah. little speed aerodynamics right. there. So I think,
1: yeah. Sector so two, I think yeah. sector
0: two is high speed, sector three, aero limited. I mean, it's a very good test. So th- so this track more than Bahrain really shows us like which cars overall are stronger. So this will really help us guess everything. If I wanted to make my predictions, I'd still say that Red Bull are are going to win this one comfortably based on the track itself. I mean, that's my guess simply because
1: right. But the look. problem is right. This is where I mean, obviously, um, Red Bull is a very capable. I think they might be the fastest on the grid. In just, you know, in everything almost basically. Yes, and um, the, the problem is right. Whenever you're and this is something uh, DRS where you get an extra, I think, 20 kilometers per hour? Yes. Um, of speed, right? Which helps you make the overtakes, right? And the certain ranges in every track where you can use this function and help um, you know, to overtake the driver in front of you, right? So there's always, I, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of overtaking in this race. There'll be no, cl- there'll be no, um, it'll be very back and forth, I feel. This is gonna be a really scrappy race and that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, I mean it really depends. Now I should mention that the DRS straight, the DRS zones might get changed a little because the pit, the pit straight DRS zone in Imola actually got two hundred meters longer, something which helped with overtaking. Good. Um, so they might make the DRS straight longer in Algarve as well. We don't know, but the point still remains that this is a great track. Honestly, it, yep. the race itself is going to be an interesting one. Um, we've got um, two weeks to wait
1: yeah just two weeks and i guess we'll make another recap then so i think for now that's it from us Uh, thank you Yeah. yeah
0: thank you for listening in feel please do share this with everyone around you and follow us on social media instagram and on our website and spotify uh the again please be careful with the coronavirus pandemic going on we don't know what it's like infection rates are skyrocketing everywhere the just because the vaccine is out it doesn't mean you can take it easy okay just you know please be careful take care of yourself
1: thank you for tuning in
0: thank you yeah but for now all i can say is thank you for tuning in stay safe take care have a nice day and we'll see you after uh algarve or portugal whatever see ya